And I'm here to remind you that if you're encountering something difficult, it probably means you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And sometimes where we're supposed to be isn't easy. And sometimes we have to move through something really, really hard to get to something really, really good. Sometimes growth doesn't feel good. And actually the value for us in the growth comes from the part of the experience that feels uncomfortable. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Jess. I am the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am an ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned full-time podcaster and career coach And this podcast is where I support you in finding your voice, building confidence, advancing into leadership roles, and really thriving in your corporate and nine-to-five career. And when I say thriving in your corporate career and finding your voice, I intend to help you do these things without you having to become someone you're not, without you having to overwork, like without some of the unpleasant drawbacks that we sometimes think have to accompany our professional success. I truly believe that as your confidence grows, as you embrace your inner leader and act with daringness and confidence and leadership, you can create more confidence and more success while leading in a way that feels in integrity with who you are and that you feel proud of. And that's really why I do this show is because I want to help more women thrive and elevate into leadership roles in their careers. I struggled along my journey of becoming a leader in the corporate space, and I built a very successful career. I worked at McKinsey, one of the world's top management consulting firms. I became an executive at the Walt Disney Company in my early 30s. I had a very successful nine-to-five career, but I really struggled internally with doubting myself, with feeling anxious, with imposter syndrome, with second-guessing. And I started this show because I felt like no one was talking openly and honestly about these things in the women's professional development space. And I wanted to be a voice in this space that's more honest and more real and isn't skating past some of those deeper issues. I love this podcast. It is my body of work. It is my form of self-expression. And it is so cool that something that I enjoy doing so much is also a place where you get to come to grow and learn. I am so excited about the topic of today's episode because I'm going to be getting really, really life coachy in today's episode. So like I said, I'm a coach. I'm a career coach. But at the heart, anyone who calls themselves a coach at their core is a life coach. And when I think about my role as both a life coach and also a career coach, my role is really like it boils down to one thing, which is to help people change. That is what I do. And today's episode really gets to 
the core of why change can feel so hard and why we sometimes find ourselves feeling discouraged and stuck and maybe even giving up on the things that matter most to us. And my hope for this episode is if change is feeling hard for you, if you're struggling, if you're in some sort of rough patch, if you're feeling negatively about yourself, my hope is to re-inspire you, to remind you why you committed to your growth in the first place, and to help you also see and remember that nothing is wrong with you if you're having a difficult time with your journey of growing and finding your voice and building confidence. In my opinion, if you aren't having a difficult time and if you aren't encountering choppy waters or difficult challenges and obstacles in your journey of building confidence, like if you're not encountering those difficult things, to me, then you're probably not actually on a real journey of building confidence because the change process and growing who we are from the inside out, like growing that confidence from the inside out, it inherently brings up obstacles. It inherently stirs up difficult emotions and challenges. And I think sometimes when those challenges come up, it's easy to think, oh, something's wrong with me. Why is this so hard for me? Why do I feel so crappy? Like, why are things so difficult? It's so easy for us to think that the difficulties and the obstacles that we're experiencing aren't normal. And we're not normal because we're experiencing those things when in reality, those things are the hallmark of a personal growth journey or of a personal transformation journey. You can't have one without the other. You can't have the growth without the growing pains. And it's so important that you keep reminding yourself of that because sometimes when those growing pains come up, you want to give up on yourself and stop believing it's possible and stop believing that you can change and stop believing that you can become a leader and stop believing that you can find your voice and stop believing that you can have whatever career you want. Like you want to give up all of those dreams that you know were once so important to you and so juicy and exciting and sparkly And I'm here to remind you that if you're encountering something difficult, it probably means you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And sometimes where we're supposed to be isn't easy. And sometimes we have to move through something really, really hard to get to something really, really good. And that's something that I remind myself often if I'm in a rough patch or just feeling really down. I remind myself I'm moving through something hard so I can get to something really, really good. And that helps keep me in it long enough to create results and outcomes in my life that are totally like surprising and delightful to me. And that's what I want for you. Interrupting quickly just to let you know The Art of Speaking Up is an explicit show This episode might contain an F-bomb or two We wanted you to know if that's important to you And now it's time to get back to the show But put some headphones on if you're around your kiddo So in today's episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about why change is so hard and some of the pitfalls that come up as you embark on the change process. Now, your change process can look so many different ways, right? You might be trying to change your career direction and embark on an an entirely new career path. You might be trying to change your self-confidence and grow more confident from the inside out. You might be trying to change the way that you communicate so that you feel and sound more authoritative and powerful. You might be trying to change your position within your organization so that you can get promoted and become a leader. 
whatever your change is, and maybe it's something entirely outside of the career realm. Obviously, my focus is on everything in the career realm, but whatever your change is, I want you to think about that change and hold that in mind for today's episode, because what I'm sharing really applies to any type of change. So anyway, I'm going to walk you through why it can be hard and how to avoid some of the pitfalls that might have you giving up on yourself on the really difficult days or during the really difficult moments. So this is an analogy that I sometimes will share with my clients when they are going through a rough patch or going through something difficult and are in that messy middle period where they have awareness of the ways in which they want to change but they haven't quite made that change their new reality. And it can feel frustrating and it can feel like, oh, maybe I'm doing something wrong. And the analogy that I like to share with them is I want you to imagine that you love to hike, which you might not have to imagine that if you love to hike. I love to hike. I just find it so soothing and so pleasurable. So, you know, when we hike, typically when we're on the trail, we can see that there are certain parts of the hiking trail that are very well-worn and very established, right? So if you stick with the hiking trail that's like already laid out, the main trail that most people are following, there's usually like a clear path to follow, right? And there's usually not like a lot of plants in the way and things like that. And then sometimes when you hike, there are like little side trails that you can take that aren't the main trail. And sometimes those side trails aren't as clear, right? Like there might be tons of overgrown plants and the path might not be as obvious. But when you stay on the main trail on your hike, usually there's not a lot of like overgrowth with the plants. And usually it's pretty clear what direction you're supposed to go in. So the way that I think about change is I think about our old habits, our old patterns, our old identity, you know, like all the parts of us that we're trying to let go of. I think of those things as a well-worn hiking path, a hiking path that you have hiked so many times. There's no plants in the way. There's no overgrowth. The path is super clear. It's very easy for you to walk the path. I think about all of our old habits as being like a hiking path that has been hiked many times and that is very like worn down and easy to see. And this makes a lot of sense because the way that habits and thought patterns and beliefs form in our brain operates kind of like a hiking path. So if we are developing a habit and we do that habit over and over, then the neurons in our brain form networks. And the more we do that habit, whether it's a psychological habit or whether it's a tangible habit, right? So an example of a psychological habit is every time someone in a meeting rolls their eyes, I assume that that eye rolling is directed at me and that they're bored or they don't like me. That's an example of like a psychological habit. We also have habits that are like tangible actions, right? So I have the habit of brushing my teeth when I wake up in the morning. So a habit forms as we repeat a response over and over. And as we repeat that response, the neurons in our brain become more and more interconnected. And that habit becomes easier and easier for us to do and more second nature for us to do 
as the neurons in our brain connect to each other and form new neural networks. And the more that we do the habit, the stronger the neural network in our brain becomes, the easier the habit becomes, the more second nature it becomes. So it's literally like I want you to imagine that building a new habit is like hiking a path on a mountain where the more that you walk across the path, the more all of the plants are going to get like smushed to the floor and the hiking path is going to be clearly worn down and easy to see. I think about our brain being similar, right? And so that's the first part of this analogy, which is the idea that our old habits, our old thought patterns, our old identities are like a hiking path that is well-worn. It's familiar. (laughs) We do it a lot. It's easy. Now, when I think about change, what I imagine is change is the equivalent of going to a mountain that you love to hike, right? That's your favorite mountain and you always hike the main trail. And then someone telling you before you hike, someone saying, hey, I don't know if you know this, but if you hike the other side of the mountain where there's not that many people, you can get to a lookout on the mountain where you have the most unprecedented, incredible, magnificent view of the entire city. And you think to yourself and you say to this person, wow, that sounds amazing. (laughs) How come no one's doing that trail? That sounds better than this trail. And the person says to you, well, there isn't like a paved trail because people don't know about it. So it's not like this well-paved main trail that everyone takes. It's a little rugged and there's overgrown plants and you have to navigate it yourself. And you think to yourself, well, this alternative route sounds way better because I get to have this incredible view of the city this hike that I usually do when I go on the main trail, I don't get any views of the city. I just do the hike because it feels good to be in nature. And this person's telling me there's this whole magnificent view that I'm missing out on. I want to go see the view. And so you get really excited and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so pumped. I wonder what part of the city I can see. I'm going to take the most amazing photos. I can't wait. And you go around to the other side of the mountain And it kind of clicks for you. And you're like, oh, wait, there literally is not a trail. I just have to like walk up the mountain and trust that I'm going in the right direction. And you start walking up and there's really overgrown plants and the plants are getting in your way and they're really, really itchy because they're all at your feet. And as you're walking, you don't know if you're going in the right direction and it's really uncomfortable and there's no one around you. And after a few minutes of like walking through these plants that are very disruptive and very annoying and of you not even knowing, am I even going in the right direction, you start to get frustrated and you say to yourself, why did I come here in the first place? There's no trail. I'm like hiking up the side of a mountain. I'm getting whacked in the face by itchy plants. There could be poison ivy here. Like, what is this around my ankles? I feel like there might be scary critters that are nearby that might be (laughs) making contact with me. Like, why don't I just go back to the main trail? And you go back to the main trail and you do your usual hike. So this is how I think about change. And I think about the habits and patterns that you are trying to create, like the new habits, the new patterns, whether that's confidence, whether that's speaking in meetings, whether that's a new career path, the new parts of yourself and your life and your career that you are trying to put in place, I think of those 
as being like hiking the part of the mountain where there is no path and the plants are completely overgrown. And this is often how it is in our brains and in our psyche, right? So remember, I talked about neural networks and how when we repeat a habit over and over, we form a neural network in our brain. It becomes more and more efficient. That habit becomes more and more second nature. Well, when we're doing something that we've never done before, just like there's no hiking path to follow to the top of the mountain, there's no neural network in our brain that helps that new thing become second nature. So taking action on something new can feel like hiking up the side of a mountain with plants and bushes whacking you in the face and with no hiking trail and no clear sense of where you should go because just like there's no well-worn trail, there's no well-worn trail in your psyche for that new habit, for that change that you are trying to put in place. And this is why change can feel really, really hard. And I want you to think about, like, to really put this in perspective and to really help you, like, give yourself grace if you're going through a difficult period or a rough patch. To really help you with that, I want you to think about how many trips would someone have to make up and down a mountain until they started to naturally leave behind a trail? Right. So if I hike up the side of the mountain that doesn't have the hiking path, if I hike up and down it one time, you probably won't even notice my footprints and notice that I was there. But if I hike up and down that trail 20 times, you might start to see certain areas where like the plants have been moved to the side. Like maybe there's still not a clear trail, but you might start to see like the plants parting ways. And you might start to see little signs of like footprints where you can see a trail is forming. And if I hike up and down that part of the mountain a hundred times, then that trail might become even more visible. And if I hike up and down the mountain a thousand times, then all of a sudden there might be this really clear path that I can see that I know to follow to get to the top of the mountain to the part where the view is incredible. And it's because I was willing to hike through the bushes and have all the plants whacking me in the face and not even know if I was going the right way. I was willing to do that enough times that I was able to successfully find my way to the top and also successfully start to pave a new walking trail. And over time, that part of the mountain went from being overgrown and chaotic with plants everywhere to like, oh, there's this clear trail and I can see it, and I don't have to worry about drowning in plants, and I don't have to worry about getting lost because I've hiked this mountain so many times that now there's a trail for me to follow. And that's how I think about the change process. You have showed up for yourself so many times that now it's not quite so daunting. It's not quite so hard. It's not quite so difficult. And this has so much in common, like this analogy has so much in common with how change actually happens psychologically. And the reason that I love this analogy is because I think we all can understand how hard it is to hike up a mountain where there's no trail. Like, I really want you to imagine this because most of us, when we think of hiking, we automatically assume a trail, right? I mean, I'm not an advanced hiker. Maybe there's some advanced hikers listening. If so, you might be laughing at me, but I'm a very novice hiker. And if there is no trail, there will be no hike for me. If that's how you are, then I want you to imagine like getting to a mountain where it's like no one's telling you where to go and how uncomfortable that is. 
and how even though like the view might be better if you're willing to take this other hike, it's going to be really hard for you to stay committed all the way up to the top when there's this much easier, much more familiar trail that you can be taking. And committing to your own change is like choosing that back trail and choosing the trail that's unpaved and uncertain and uncomfortable. And what happens so often in the change process is that you get partway up the new side of the mountain and your old habits and old patterns start to pull you back. Just like I mentioned before, that you might give up partway on your climb up the rugged side of the mountain, right? Because it's easier and because it's feeling really hard to climb this mountain without an actual trail. This is what happens when we're trying to grow and change. The pull of the older version of us, the familiar habits, the familiar patterns, the pull to stay that way is very, very strong because even though those are parts of ourselves that we want to change, those are also parts of ourselves that are known and familiar. We know exactly where that hiking trail goes. Yeah, there's no view at the top, right? Like we know that it's not the quote-unquote best hiking trail, but we also know it, right? Whereas this new trail, we don't know. And what happens inevitably as you're evolving and as you're changing is you start to encounter the obstacles. You get poison ivy and your ankles start itching, right? A plant whacks you in the face. You start to get anxious because you feel like maybe you're lost or going in the wrong direction. Those types of things proverbially will happen to you as you're embarking on your change process. It will feel unfamiliar. It will feel uncomfortable. And it will also at times feel like maybe I'm going in the wrong direction. I don't even know how this is going to turn out. And change is very much like that. When you are deciding that you're going to try something new and try to change, you actually don't know how it's going to turn out. And I think what's so interesting is that when we stick with our old habits and we give up on ourselves and we don't change, we know exactly how it's going to turn out. Things are going to stay the same, right? And sometimes we are so afraid of the unknown. We are so afraid of getting lost on that mountain. We are so afraid that we won't make it to that beautiful view and that we'll feel disappointed that rather than taking a risk on the unknown, we stick with what we know. Because sometimes what we know feels less scary to us than the risk of disappointing ourselves or the risk of failure. And this is really, really, really important for you to realize because if we don't realize that we're afraid to try something new because we're afraid to be disappointed or we're afraid to fail and disappoint ourselves, If we don't surface that and see that within ourselves, it often remains unconscious below the surface. And what happens then is we get into patterns of avoiding the things that we want, and our mind offers us excuses that sound like really good, rational, reasonable, responsible excuses for why we're not pursuing the growth we want and why we're not going after our goals and dreams. But really, those excuses, those rational-sounding really good excuses are just covering up a deeper, more unconscious fear that we will not be able to make it to the top of that mountain, that we will try to climb the new trail, we will try to change, and we will fail. And then we will feel disappointed in ourselves, and we will feel even worse because now we've tried to change and we haven't gotten anywhere. And so it's so helpful to realize this because here's the truth. I can't predict the future and neither can you. 
And so when you decide you're going to climb this rugged part of the mountain and you decide that you're going to embark on a journey of change and that you're going to go all in and you're going to put your full heart into the things that matter most to you, when you make that decision, we actually can't predict how it's going to turn out. That is a fact. We have no idea what it's going to look like. We do have a really good idea of what it's going to look like if you don't embark on the change that you want and you don't go all in. But we don't really know what it's going to look like if you go all in on the change and climb the rugged part of the mountain because we don't you don't have a track record for that. And that unknown and uncertainty can make it feel too scary for you to fully commit, right? And fully go all in and fully give it everything you have. And a lot of times what we want is we want certainty. We want to be told that we're for sure going to succeed. We want someone to provide us with that comfort, that knowing, that reassurance that of course we're going to make it to the top. But what I like to do and what I've found to be way more empowering than seeking someone outside of myself to tell me how it's going to turn out, what I like to ask myself is, is the outcome and the growth that I want worth it? And is it valuable enough for me to risk doing something that I have no idea how it's going to turn out? In other words, is the upside of achieving my goals and dreams high enough for it to be worth it for me to take a bet on that, for me to take a gamble on that? And Interestingly enough, the bet and the gamble that we're usually taking is an emotional one. Am I willing to put my heart on the line and go all in on something that I care about and that I want and that I want to develop within myself? Am I willing to do that knowing that there's an emotional risk, that I might feel disappointed, that I don't know how it's going to turn out? And when I ask myself that question and I say to myself, like, Jess, you actually don't know the outcome. Like You actually can't predict the future. Is it worth it to you to make a bet on yourself anyways? And then the yes that I get to is so much more potent because it's a true yes, right? It's not like, oh, I'm a yes as long as it goes perfectly and I get the exact thing that I want. It's like a deep, committed, gritty yes where it's like, yes, this is uncertain. This is messy. I don't know. And I want this so badly. I'm willing to go for it. And I'm willing to find out anyway. So that's the first thing that I wanted to share with you about why change is hard is number one, it's hard because you're paving an entirely new path on a hiking trail that you've never gone down before. And also it's hard because you don't know how it's going to turn out. It's new, it's uncertain, it's scary, and you're making a bet on the unknown and you're taking an emotional gamble. That's really how I think about it. Now for me, the, the result that I'm after, the growth that I'm after, the dream that I'm pursuing, it has to be enticing enough for me for it to be worth it to climb a rugged hiking trail that's going to be really difficult and really scary and really uncertain. And it also has to be worth it for me to take a bet on the unknown. The thing that I'm after has to be important enough to me for me to be willing to hike the mountain, not even knowing, am I going to get to the top? Am I going to get to see the view? Like the view has to be that good. And then I'm like, well, you know what? It's worth it just to find out if I can see it. Now, I want to share with you a few tips on pitfalls that you can avoid to help you not give up on yourself. So if you ask yourself this question of like, is the thing that I want so important that it's actually worth it to me 
to pursue it and to go all in, even though I don't know how it's going to turn out. And even though there's a lot of uncertainty, if you get to a yes on that question, and if you decide, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the top of the mountain. I don't know if I'm going to get to see the view. I don't know how this is going to turn out, but it's worth it to me. And here's why. If you get there, you still have to climb the mountain, right? You still have to wade through the plants and all of the rugged things on the side of this mountain that are going to make the hike uncomfortable and scary. And just because we make that initial decision, that initial commitment of like, all right, I'm all in, this is important to me, just because we make that initial commitment doesn't then mean that the journey is going to be easy, right? So we make that commitment and then the journey is just getting started. Now it's really time to get to work. And I think about commitments like that as we're constantly recommitting, right? I'm making this decision to hike up this rugged part of the mountain and to go after my dreams and to do something that's going to be a lot harder than the boring trail that I usually take. And every 30 seconds... When I'm getting whacked in the face by a plant that is has overgrown six feet high and I don't know where I am and I'm hot and sweaty and uncomfortable, I'm going to have to remake that decision because as I climb this mountain, I always have the opportunity of turning back and going back to the base, right? And so once we make the decision, we have to keep moving through the obstacles. And that's the hardest part of the growth process is like the high of the decision has been made and you're like, all right, I'm putting my heart into it. And then we got to hike the mountain and get to work and hard things happen before we have the outcome we want. And that is really, in my opinion, where your confidence gets created is when things get hard and you show yourself that you have the capability to stay committed and double down. Now, there's a few things that will help you stay committed to the climb. These are things that I'm constantly coming back to in my own work. I'm always stretching myself. I'm always growing. I'm super ambitious. And I'm constantly going inwards and doing my own mindset work to make sure that my career and my life, I'm living them in a way where I'm achieving the things I want. Like I'm showing up for my life. I'm showing up for my career, even though it's scary and I'm going after the things I want. And these have helped me on the hard days. And these things have helped me during the difficult moments. So the first thing that has been enormously helpful to me is to continually remind myself of the reward. So in the analogy of hiking this mountain, when I'm feeling like I want to give up and I want to turn back down in that moment, I just want to pause and ask myself, but what will it be like if I see the view? Do I still want to see the view? Because often when we're on the verge of giving up on our goals, we're very disconnected from the end result that we're after. And maybe we've gotten to a place of disbelief and thinking that it's not even possible for us. And so we don't want to make a decision from a place of having forgotten why we're there in the first place. We want to make a balanced decision, right? Like we want to decide how committed we are based on all of the different variables. And so I ask myself, I say, this is hard. I don't like this. This doesn't feel good. I'm having an off day. I want to give up. I want to quit on myself. But do I still want to see the view? Like, do I still want to see that soaring view of Los Angeles or that soaring view of this part of California? Is that worth it to me? Like, am I still interested in that? Is it worth it to me to keep going? And for me, this helps me remember why I started the hike in the first place. And it also helps me remember 
hey, Jess, you're not at the bottom of this mountain anymore. You're halfway up. So I just want you to remember that if you quit now and turn around, you have an entire half of a mountain that you've already hiked that you're kind of giving up on. And so that's the first thing I would share with you. The second thing that I would share, and this is so important, and this is just, I can't underscore to you how important this is and how transformational truly this will be for you psychologically as you continue to internalize what I'm about to share. But the second thing is when the climb gets hard, be careful not to internalize it as being hard because something is wrong with you. So I could be hiking and I could be getting really tired and really frustrated and I could say, you know what? I'm a terrible hiker. I have a really bad sense of direction. Everyone's better than me at hiking. Other people who have tried to do this haven't had as hard of a time. Something is wrong with me and that's why this hike is so hard. That would be me internalizing the reasons why I'm struggling. That would be me saying the reason why I'm struggling is because something's wrong with me. And that would be me beating up on myself and making myself feel really bad and blaming myself because it's hard, right? Rather than internalizing the things that are difficult for you, it can be really, really helpful to remind yourself that you are choosing to do a difficult thing. That the thing that you are doing is by default difficult. It would be difficult for anyone who chose a stretch goal. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that you're hiking a part of the mountain that's hard. And a lot of times when we encounter hard, instead of us realizing, oh, I'm stretching myself, I'm doing something hard, how cool is that? We go to a place of this is so hard, something must be wrong with me. And you want to just be really careful when things get hard, not to internalize it as meaning something is wrong with you. Because that can bring up a lot of shame, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of feeling inadequate, when in reality, the hardness that you're experiencing isn't because you're bad on some level. It's not because of your badness. It's because you're working through a challenge. You're working through a difficult situation. It was going to be hard no matter how perfect and amazing you are, right? It's just the nature of what we're doing and what you're doing. And I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist. And I think us perfectionists, we don't like that. We want to be good at everything all the time. And if we're not, we feel like something is wrong. But we have to remember that in our growth journey, we've got to do things we're bad at. That's the only way we're going to grow. And we have to be careful not to make that mean that we've failed or that something is wrong with us. So that's the second piece I'll share with you. The third thing that I'll share with you, and this one is really hard. (laughs) And when this comes up and I'm talking to a client about this, I realize how hard it is to receive this coaching. So this is something that I think is easier for me to dish out (laughs) than it is for me to consume. This is one of the hardest things about growing our confidence as humans and as women. And this is the idea that often growth is more valuable than ease. So what I mean by this is that when we stay in our comfort zones and we don't stretch ourselves, it feels easy, right? There's an ease to the old familiar parts of our routine, right? Like they feel easy. And sometimes we overvalue the experience of easy. 
and we think, well, I don't want to feel bad. Like I want to feel good. I want things that are easy. I want things to feel good. And we forget that growth isn't always supposed to feel good and that sometimes growth doesn't feel good. And actually the value for us in the growth comes from the part of the experience that feels uncomfortable and that feels not so good. Because when things stop being easy and we are presented with an obstacle, we have a chance to show up for ourselves in a way that we haven't had the chance to do when things are very easy. So to me, it's the difference between lifting up a one-pound dumbbell versus a 20-pound dumbbell. If I lift a one-pound dumbbell, it's going to feel easy and I'm not going to get stronger. If I lift a 20-pound dumbbell or a 50-pound or like whatever, the actual number is not super relevant, but it's going to feel hard. It is not going to feel good. It might even hurt. There might be sensations of pain. There might be all kinds of things. But every time I lift it, I get stronger. And so that unpleasant experience I had was more valuable than the very easy experience of lifting the one-pound dumbbell. Now, as humans, our brains tend to overvalue what is easy. I want you to think about our brains as having this very short-term, like immediate gratification bias, right? So when you're lifting up a heavy weight at the gym, most people's brains aren't going to be like, this is amazing. I'm so excited to get strong. Most people's brains are going to be like, what the fuck? Like put that weight down that is heavy and I don't like it, right? Like that's how our mind is going to react because our mind is very focused on the near term. How does this feel right now? And unless we step back to gain perspective, our mind is not going to be thinking about how we're going to feel 30 days from now when we're flexing our biceps and feeling strong and awesome. Our mind is not going to go there unless we take it there. So our mind is going to overvalue ease and easy things and one-pound dumbbells unless we step back to remind ourselves that 20-pound dumbbells and 50-pound dumbbells and hiking up rugged parts of the mountain actually offer us more in our lives than taking the boring path or lifting the one-pound dumbbell. That's mindset work that we have to do because our brain is typically not on its own going to pull us towards things that are unfamiliar or challenging. And yet, it is the challenging things that grow our confidence. And for so many of you, I know your goal is to build confidence. Confidence is built through difficult experiences. We can only build a very limited amount of confidence through successes and pure wins. The bulk of the lasting deep inner confidence that you build will actually come as a result of difficult experiences. It will come as a result of hiking the rugged, scary part of the mountain. So when you're in the thick of a struggle, when you're in the middle of an obstacle, remind yourself that growth is more valuable than ease, right? And that you're not going to the gym to lift one pound dumbbells. You're going to the gym to do something that hurts a little bit. And I don't mean this in a masochistic sense where we should be hurting ourselves. But if you think about like our immediate physical response and physical sensations that come up 
when we do hard things in and out of the gym, there's usually some amount of discomfort or pain or unpleasantness. And that's okay. As long as we value the result that that is leading us towards more than our desire to avoid the pain and avoid the discomfort, it's a green light and keep going. And the only person that gets to decide whether it's worth it and whether you want to keep going, even though it's uncomfortable, is you. And that decision always lies with you all of the time. That is the magic. That is the beauty. That is the gift of being human. No matter how hard something gets, we always get to decide what we want, what our priorities are, and what we're willing to put in to make those priorities a reality. And I don't know about you, but there's nothing that makes me feel more alive than realizing that I always get to decide and that the power to decide, to keep going, to figure it out, to move towards my dreams until I decide that I don't want to anymore, knowing that that lies with me is hugely motivating and helps me feel like I am showing up every day and getting what I want out of my life and out of my career. And that is what I want for you. So if you are in a difficult moment, if you're moving through a time of struggle, a challenge, you're feeling bad about something, things aren't going well, I just want you to remember all it means is that you're on the rugged side of the mountain. And as hard as it is, I want you to remind yourself that if you keep climbing, with every step you take upwards, you are increasing your chance of getting to the most incredible, incredible view. So keep going, keep climbing. Don't give up on yourself unless you decide that that's what you want to do. But if your goals and your dreams and the version of you who you want to become, if that still feels important to you, if that still occupies a place in your heart where you just don't want to let go of it, you don't have to. You can do hard things and you're probably capable of handling so much more than you realize. So keep climbing, go out there and make your dreams a reality. And thank you so much for listening to my podcast. It's an honor to have you here. And if you can think of someone who would really resonate with this message, who would like this show, please go ahead and share the Art of Speaking Up podcast with a friend. It helps me because more people find the show and it will help the person that you're sharing it with because they will discover a podcast they probably wouldn't have found on their own. Thank you again for tuning in. I will drop some links in the show notes on how you can learn more about my work and how you can work with me. So make sure to check those out if you're loving this and you're feeling like you want to take your growth deeper. And I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.